Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Well, hello, hello, my friends. It's me, your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron, and you're back here with me on the Broadway cast with iHeartRadio Broadway. Listen, you're going to want to dust off your funny bone for today's episode because you are going to need it. Now, for as long as theaters existed, people have gathered together to forget their troubles for an hour or two. Doodly do. Anyone? Pippin? Anywho. If you've had a tough week at work, let's say Linda in accounting is up your butt about purchase orders or Dan in sales really wants you to check out some herbal supplements he swears by, Les Mis may not be your theatrical escape of choice. We as humans want to laugh. We need to laugh. And that's why musical comedies have dominated Broadway for generations. Even Les Mis needs a little levity. Paging Madame Tenardier. We'll get into that a little bit later on in the episode. But from Brody Book of Mormon to Spamalot producers, funny thing happened on the way to the forum. And every rib tickler before and after, nothing lifts the spirit like a good laugh. It takes a very special performer to take that funny to the next level, though. I remember rehearsing for Wicked and watching in awe as Kristen Chenoweth pulled trick after hilarious trick out of her sleeves, each funnier than the last. Now, it's not enough to just toss, toss, hit a high note and call it a day. Comedy is not for the faint of heart. It's a very specific art. It takes delivery. It takes timing. In fact, a lot of people say it's a science. Well, you don't need to take my word for it. Our guests today are some of Broadway's most talented scene-stealing ladies. We have Loud and Proud, Leslie Margarita from Matilda, the sexiest of mice from Mean Girls and the upcoming Griswold Broadway Vacation, which I giggle even saying it out loud, Kate Rockwell, and in-demand super spelling bee diva, the one and only Lisa Howard. I want to make a disclaimer before we get into the discussion. I am in no way pigeonholing these women. They are all brilliant, dramatic, and quote-unquote straight actors on every level. But boy, oh boy, do they know how to make you pee your pants. Well, maybe that's a me problem. 
I love these women, and you are going to love the funny ladies of Broadway. Now, before we get on with the show, I want to remind you to make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can follow us on social media at the Broadway Cast on all platforms. Very, very easy. Share us with your friends, rate us, review us, and if you'd like to support us further, join our Patreon family, and we're going to give you behind-the-scenes exclusive content that nobody else gets. You can find the link in the liner notes. All right, let's get ready to laugh with the funny ladies of Broadway. Let's go on with the show. Oh my god, all right. I'm already having way too much fun and we haven't even started the show. So I just got to introduce you to these ladies that we are so fortunate to get to talk to today. I'll start with the fabulous Kate Rockwell from Bring It On The Musical from Mean Girls. She's currently out of town working on the Griswold's Broadway Vacation, which I cannot believe exists. Hi, Kate. How it are does. you? Hi, good morning, Ben. It's morning to me still. I'm on the um, West Coast, so it's it's morning. I, I didn't get up at noon, I promise. I believe you. Who who possibly would? Me, for most of my adult life. Um, how's it going with the Griswolds? It's good. It's good. We, uh, we actually just yesterday finished our first week of tech, so... Um, Every, I'm seeing double of all of you right now, but uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's going really well. You know, this show is um, no, going into it, like seeing the designs of everything. We were like, oh, this is going to be like a really big show. Like it's it's very large. Then we got here to Seattle. We're, we're doing our out of town at the Fifth Avenue. And we saw the marquee for the first time. Like it's massive. Everything is so beautiful i wish i was allowed to share i didn't ask ahead of time i should have been asked if i was allowed to like share a photo or something but um it is stunning it's so so pretty every new thing that comes out we're like wow this is pretty What's so like it's really exciting it's, say that again i like a legitimate show like a great big show oh no we're doing a broadway musical it's a yeah. broadway musical <laughs> that's so exciting i can't believe that exists at all once again i just think that is the craziest most wonderful overdue thing i've ever heard of in my entire gay life um also joining us today oh my god from matilda dames at sea and so much more olivier award winner leslie margarita Hi. Woo! Woo uh leslie i have to ask you yes. you're doing uh you're doing dames at sea again yes again. a reboot uh, a reboot a reboot it's a reboot they're very in a reboot um you posted something on Twitter that I absolutely loved the other day that had something to do with, and you'll fill me in on this and all yes. of us. Somebody saying, Oh my God, oh. you were almost, you were better than the girl on Broadway. And you were like, <laughs> I was the girl this on Broadway. Woman, that was the story. Yeah. Yeah. The at the opening night of Dames at Sea, um, a woman, an, an elderly, lovely lady. Came up, she's like, I, I see so many shows on Broadway. I see at least six a year. And I was like, oh, great. And she goes, I saw this on Broadway. You're better than the girl that I saw on Broadway. I never missed a show in the entire run. So it was, I, I, I and I literally, I didn't want to correct her and be like, no, that, that was me. I, I, I just went, oh, thank you. I'm a, I'm a big fan of hers. So that's a big, big compliment. Big shoes well, to fill. You can. You have yeah. literally outdone yourself. You've done you literally right. But thankfully, it was that. Can you imagine if she was like, "You almost, you were almost as good," which is what I would have expected. But yeah, that was that was the best thing ever of life to happen to me. I wish you, you would have better. said something like, "Like, well, thank God, because I hate that bitch." <laughs> something 
She's awful. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, that is, do you guys know the story about fabulous, wonderful, classy icon that is Dee Hody? Do you know her story about Follies? She did no. that Follies at Paper Mill uh, that was probably 15 years ago, but they made a double disc disc cast album of the Paper Mill production, and it was meant to go to Broadway before this last revival, blah, 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 blah. Well, Dee Hody did the whole Lucy and Jesse number in the show on the recording. She's fabulous, as we all know. She went to audition for another production of Follies and was auditioning in the room, and the person behind the table said, you know what? Can you do it more like the woman on the recording from Paper Mill? And she had to stand in front of them and say, I am, I am. on the recording from no. Paper Mill. So oh, the worst. See, I I got lucky then. I, yeah, I improved. I I think that has to be one of those like milestones of I've made it. <sighs> when people are comparing you to yourself without knowing it. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> That also means someone didn't do their research, right? Somebody needed to like Google. If you love the album that much, read the program. Maybe Google it and like find out who did it so that when that person comes in the room, you don't tell them to impersonate themselves. Well, especially Mm. when we're talking about stars of a certain level (laughs) that that are like marquee stars of this particular program. You know, you think you'd want to. Speaking of great big stars, we're also joined by the luscious, the fabulous, one of the great, great voices in our industry from the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, Escape to Margaritaville. And so there's like nine other Broadway credits we could list, including Priscilla and uh, blah, 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 on and on. Lisa Howard! Happy to be here! I'm so happy that you're here. You're in your closet. Welcome back into the closet. That's where we're headed. back in. That's where we're heading in this world, back into the handmaid's tale sort of thing. Back into the closets with you. Um, <laughs> you just wrapped up your run as Madame Morrible in the Wicked National Tour. Give yes, just- I did. How I'm there. I- I'm there. I'm the yeah. Madame Morrible. <laughs> we've achieved, achieved Madame Morrible. You are too young, too gorgeous to be a Madame Morrible. Yes. But what was what was the experience like out on the road? Honestly, I loved it. And yeah. as a mom of two, you know, yeah. I, it was real hard to be away from the kids for six months, seven months. Um, but uh, I love doing the show. You know, you saunter on, move the plot forward, get a couple laughs and go out again. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you and you have big, you know, sleeves and Bell to walk with. <laughs> which become another character on totally. stage with those costumes. Yeah. Uh, I have a, I'm gonna put you like hard on the spot. You're not gonna okay. be able to answer me, but okay. uh, I have a prediction. I have a feeling, are, are they bringing you to the to the Broadway production in a couple months? Is that what's going to happen? I mean, not that I know of, but <laughs> I mean- I have, a, I have a hunch. That's the, that's the course here. I, and I would not be mad about that course. I think it all kind of depends on what happens with the next project that I'm working on. Oh. Which is what? Which is 42nd Street, Good Speed Opera House. Oh, fantastic. Randy Skinner. Oh, well, Randy that's... Skinner. <laughs> Randy cool went from with. us at Dames to them. Yes. Oh. Yeah, right from you to us. And it's so fun. Um, I... We're in like the third week of rehearsals. Oh, great. Oh, you didn't have any rest. No rest for the wicked, I guess. Zero. Pretty har har. <laughs> um, so let me ask you, getting into this, my friends, how how do you all know each other in this business? Have you intersected in shows, concerts, diners? Where have, where do you guys know each other from? Or are you all meeting for the first time? I can't believe that if that's true, is it? Oh. 
No. Well, Leslie no. and I, Leslie and I have done some stuff together, but nothing that's ever made it to a stage. Like never. We it's only like the <laughs> developmental things. <laughs> they put us in a room together and then immediately get nervous and go. Maybe we can do another meeting. <laughs> I believe that. Bad news I've... together. And then and then Lisa and I this uh, we concerts concerts yeah. For sure. That's, yeah. that's, that's, we'll meet you on the concert stage while everyone kind of says hello, but then also yeah. disappears into their brain to try to remember the lyrics that they have to remember it, right. to get the song out one time. Benefit lyric right. syndrome, as I like to call it. Oh, it's the worst. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Great to see you. I've got to get this four minute piece out and I learned it this morning. <laughs> Book for the concert for months. I know. Uh, yeah. That's how I do it. Uh, all right. Let's do a little game. We like to play games here and warm up. This isn't so much. Well, I guess it's a game, it's also an exercise. Um, we're gonna do the most basic of improv games. We're going to do some telling the story, which okay. very simply, we are going to round Robin over this Zoom, which will be interesting, one word at a time and create a fantastical story uh, that hopefully will make some sense. I play this with a lot of eight, eight year olds. It always goes terribly. So anything- And you expect it to go differently now? Right, um, I, I can't guarantee anything. I'm excited to find out. Now, because it's hard to go around Robin virtually here, uh, I will also play the game. Uh, I'll, I'll start, pass it to Kate, to Leslie, to Lisa. Dr. Ben. All right, great. So let's just assume that once upon a time is a given. Yeah, once upon a time, there was a bird named Paul who sat upright most of the time. Hey. <laughs> well, let's be honest. We all knew that's where we were going. Suddenly, Paul looked ill <laughs> and frail to his husband <laughs> so carl said girl <laughs> i think you might have to go Away. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's tough. That's tough. <clears throat> Carl's a bitch. Oh, Carl. <laughs> All right, great. Well, let's stop it there. That's great. I'll do yeah. Lisa, why don't you start? That went dark. The, the, the funny, I, funny ladies I, went dark. I feel, I feel like. Carl needs to look a little deeper inside of Carl's self. I mean, <laughs> oh, just a little bit of scoliosis and falls out <laughs> from here. Bird flu. Oh, <laughs> listen, they oh go fast, God. you know? It's like it's like this with the birds. They just- Absolutely. Well, and listen, gay relationships too. But it's, it's, and then, I'm at, that's double gay, gay birds. Right, birds. <laughs> Paul and Carl, oh man, I'm sorry to hear about them. Yeah. yeah, so let's go in reverse order. Lisa, Leslie, Kate, me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Once upon a time, we 
went up stream. I'm sorry, did you say dream? Stream. Oh, <laughs> stream. Like salmon would. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. With inner tubes around seven o'clock uh, <laughs> um suddenly <laughs> my cocktail fell into the river <laughs> and disappeared. <laughs> I cried inconsolably for hours and hours and hours more than a gay bird. <laughs> which, W-H-I-C-H, which, incidentally, is what I am. Yes, thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> this is what happened. This is what happened to Paul. Yes. <laughs> Paul, Paul got literally up the river. Oh. oh my gosh! And what, than... was... and what he needed more than that inner tube was his cocktail. Upstream, upstream, no less. Um, oh well, that was inspired. Um, everyone got twenty-five <laughs> points, so that's great. Twenty-five points for everybody. I want to get into um, just in a in a Cliff's Notes kind of way. I want you to tell me if you would, when we got bit by the theater bug, it, was it in our youth? Were we children? Was it later on? When, what did we see that turned us onto this? Who inspired us? What was the, how did you become you? Leslie. Uh, I was a child. I started dancing when I was four because I was so hyper that, that my mom didn't know what to do with me. And then um, my family, we saw a production of Annie in San Francisco and one of the girls messed up her steps and I was like, oh no, no. <laughs> and then they were having auditions to like replace kids. And I was like, I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. My dad went and got like a little audition thing and they were like, don't, you've never sung. You're not gonna get this. And I did. So I was like a child at eight and was like, yeah, that's, this is easy. Little did I know. Well, <laughs> I'm off to the races then. Um, did you, did you do this and was high school a thing? Yeah. 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 I, I never stopped performing. Like I, even when I was in high school, I would do the high school shows, but then I would still do like CLOs, professional shows. But then I also worked, um, at theme parks oh, yeah. all through high school. I would perform at the theme parks on the weekends. Great How old America. Do you have to be? How old do you have to be to work there? Do you, can 15. you be like if you wow. if you have a work permit at fifteen, yeah, I think I started at sixteen. Though I was sixteen and, and then, started and doing then, the shows, and then the Disney, and then the award-winning theater worldwide. Uh, yeah, yeah, 
I literally went to UCLA because I knew I had a job at Disneyland performing. How wonderful. Well, yeah, I mean, it was amazing. That, yeah. that was like that's a no-brainer. I, and that that was my dream. I was like, I've made it. I've made it. I had that dream at one point. I was like, if I could ever perform at a Disney park, then look out world. All me all the time. Uh, Kate, when did you fall in love with it? Um, I was a kid, I was a kid too, although I I was I was probably I was really little. I was like six maybe, I think. And my parents took me to see uh, the touring production of Cats, and Classic. I in like it, you know not to like put my put a date on this, but like 1990, um, and that particular tour, the Cats did a lot of stuff in the aisles, and I was on an aisle, and there was a, a cat. And, you know, you know, this was like a Saturday matinee, right? Like or a Sunday matinee. It must have been like an early show, and that this cat came down and like got up in my face and like pawed at my face. And like, not like didn't like cry, but like was like kind of messing with me. And I was like, best day of my life. And I cried. And then now that I'm an actor, because somebody, some 22 year old who was out on the cats tour, found the kid in the aisle and was like, probably trying to save themselves through the Saturday matinee. I was like, this kid looks like an easy target. And now it's their fault that I'm here. So if we ever find that, that cat. I want them to I know. want to find that cat. I yeah. blame them. <laughs> that cat, I, that cat was probably, if it was a matinee, that cat was probably so hungover and angry. That's what I said. <laughs> I was like, that cat had the worst hangover. It was just like, the longer I play with the kid, the less I have to do the onstage. <laughs> yeah. You're like, this cat smells like grandpa. <laughs> um, what? That's the name of my book, incidentally. Um, Lisa Howard, what was the, what was the hook for you? I think for me, um, now this is going to date me even more than you, but I would literally sit and listen to albums of musicals in I'm our so dining room. For you, and right? I, ju- I mean, I thought that was the coolest things. I loved movie musicals. I would sit and Annie and Grease and The Sound of Music and all of that. I just sat and I just loved them. I mean, and I'm, this is like elementary school, you know, third, fourth, fifth grade. And um, I mean, that was kind of it. And then I started taking voice lessons and singing. And really what got me into performing was doing show choir. I did show choir in Ohio. And then in oh, high school, I did the, uh, you know, like my high school shows. I didn't go to a performing arts high school or anything, but it really started with those albums and I would sit and look at the jackets and the pictures and listen to all the songs and that was it. Lisa, where in Ohio are you from? Akron. Oh, okay. I'm from Cincinnati. Okay. I went to school in Cincinnati. I went to school in Cleveland and worked at the Carousel Dinner Theater a lot. So I know Akron well too. Oh my gosh. That's Carousel. I worked there as a non-equity performer once in a chorus line. I was one of the cut dancers thank you very much i I think that's very inspiring for those for those dancers and singers out there you can you can do it you You can can do that line at the beef and boards yes i think carousel dinner theater made the beef and boards look very fancy oh (laughs) that true i've never been to the beef and boards but it's so hilarious to be able to say and i know it exists that i just i want to throw it in every chance i can the fact that it still exists versus the Carousel Dinner Theater, which does not, Just tells not. me that the Carousel Dinner Theater was lower ranked than the people. 
but beef and boar i mean you're really getting a lot there that's like that's like a one-two combo at sizzler <laughs> beef you and just hope they finish it up with a peach melba because every dinner theater i've ever worked at and there have been many always ended with a peach melba and i just want the beef and boards to have that too otherwise i feel like they're not giving a good experience the peach what is a peach melba i don't know it's a dessert uh, of a different generation like a cobbler <laughs> like yeah i think it's like a cobbler but it's like in a bowl and there's i, the, I, the feel like I, I know there's ice cream on it but i never had one because they wouldn't give us the desserts because we were working so it's not like i've ever had it <laughs> so sad so gross yeah. Do you love the experience of going to a dinner theater where at intermission, the actors you've been watching on stage for act one come in to check on your meal? Yeah. No. Oh yeah, I've been yeah. to- Is I've that a thing? One. Yeah, they In perform, the Midwest, that's a big thing. They, they come and they then check on you. And then after the show, they come and clear your plates. It's like, they are on the clock. You're like, oh, oh you're, no. doing so, you're doing so well. Multi-talented. That's really, that's the work. No. We talk about doing the work, that's the work. <laughs> tell me about, as young performers, when did you first, tell me about the first time you remember getting a laugh. Oh. When you went, oh, what's that reaction and what's that doing to me? Because I, I feel like there's a couple of those in my life that I went, whatever that is, this laughter I'm getting from these people, I am hooked on that like a junkie and then of course you know i'm a attention whore from way back when do you guys have it <laughs> doesn't have to be your very first one i ever i, I, I do like, as a, oh go ahead go ahead Leslie. No, no, as a little little kid i i my mom made me this et costume and somebody was doing like an et number and a dance recital and i remember being in this costume and, and people laughing and i remember that that was like the earliest i was like five. You, was there a reaction of like i i like that yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know that I, I knew that I just, I thought it was cool that people thought what I was doing was, was fun. I don't know. I don't remember. I do like, want to know if that exists on film, the ETV oh, dance my, number. My, my mom, yeah, I'm pretty sure my mom has. I think my question about it too is, was, was everyone dressed as ET or just <laughs> no, you? No, it was just me. They were doing, I don't know, they were doing some like probably silver unitards or something like space. Space ballet I think kind like of thing. Song. I don't know. But then, yeah, and then I came out and, and did the whole ET <laughs> shtick as one does. That's <laughs> as a five-year-old. Yeah. Well then, well then when did you realize that that was a, a superpower that you possessed, that you, that you knew how to get that out of people? I mean, I don't think I really realized it until probably like junior high, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, like when you when you use humor to I, I would always um, do stuff at home and my sisters would laugh. So I would always be like doing crazy characters and stuff. So I, I knew that it made my family laugh, but that's probably it. Yeah. All right, Kate. I did this in high school we did two musicals a year we did like the big musical and then we did like a weird small musical because we had like so many people in the theater program in my high school that that was like how we made sure everybody got a chance to perform and, you know everybody's like double and triple cast and all that stuff and sure. we did a show an old danny k musical called two by two yes. i don't know if you guys know it i'm like maybe in this crowd people would know it i mean it's about it's a it's a comedy about noah's ark like the, such a great source material for laughter. Um, I feel like there's a song in there called The Golden Lamb. The Golden yes. Ram. It's The, the Golden, Golden Ram. Ram. And it's sung by 
Goldie, who I played, who is a prostitute. Let, let's just be clear about what this actual plot is. She's a prostitute, but she's a member of like a religious cult. It's a, right, high school. I was 15 doing this. And I desperately wanted to play the sister. There's like a sister role who's like a romantic She's like the romantic, the ingenue. And I really wanted it and I didn't get it, which is actually how I ended up in comedy is I always wanted to be the romantic pretty one and then I couldn't book it. So I've started being the idiot instead so that I, at least I had, a, at least I got to do something. But I, we had to sing the Golden Ram. And, the, and I, I remember at the time thinking, I, I don't understand how to, like, cause she, it's a song about like, it's all a sexual innuendo. It's all about like, um, I will bring, I'll bring you to the light, but like all through sex, basically. And I'm 15 and doing this, I'm wearing a really inappropriate now headdress, like gold, like Egyptian style headdress. There's photos out there. Sure, sure. And like a sheet, basically, because it was like a toga. I don't know. But yeah. I remember like not knowing how, like what to do because I didn't want to do any sexual innuendo because I was so uncomfortable. I was 15. And so I just like, I just cl like clowned because I didn't know what else to do. And people laughed and I was like, oh, I, I, this is my way out. Like literally my way out of having to like be, be slutty. I don't know what I, I don't remember what I was thinking at the time, but that was my like way of saving myself was, was to just like be a dum-dum and like, uh, it was very, I played her very like philia, like, uh, you know, like she didn't know what she was saying. Cause that was how I got out of having to like hit on this guy that was playing the, the guy in my in the scene that I didn't like and was uncomfortable around and was like I don't know what to do and so I acted like a dum-dum and that was how that was when I remember being like oh this is a useful tactic this can get me out of a lot of stuff there you go <laughs> oh yeah as a defense mechanism as a shield as yeah. Yeah. uh how about you Lisa I think for me similarly I mean I never grew up like going for the laugh or I, you know, I, my favorite musical was Les Mis, you know, like uh, yeah. I, like, I, I loved those shows. I always wanted to be the ingenue. And by the time I got to college and really, really, I was like, I'm, I'm not the ingenue. <laughs> I'm nowhere near the ingenue, you know? And so then I kind of had to figure it out. And I can definitely remember a moment that was great was I was auditioning for Sarah J in college, auditioning for Sarah J Mora in Assassins. And I did something, you know, that like, I was only a sophomore um, and, you know, typically in school, you know, like you don't get the, but I got the part and, and I remember cracking the room up and I was like, what? You know, oh, that's fun. And, you know, um, so I, I really don't think that I started, um, appreciating that really until college until you know <laughs> i was halfway through my <laughs> musical theater degree right well i just like this idea that it's kind of this light bulb moment that happens when you least expect it that you go oh not everybody can do what i just did i think that's very very cool so let me ask you what broad strokes even what do you what are your philosophies on playing comedy what are the what are your values when you approach a role that is meant to be funny or that you feel like you can infuse with some humor? What are your cardinal rules of that? Ooh, For me, this yeah. is Lisa here. Um, uh, I don't know if there are any 
rules necessarily, but I think the comedy comes out of how how serious they are about getting whatever that is that they want, (laughs) you know, and whatever those choices are that they're making to get it, you know, I mean, it's just playing the reality of it and then inherently it can be funny. So um, I'm always going for more of a truth, but, you know, obviously in a (laughs) musical theater comedy way, but, you know, playing that in a, in a kind of a real way and letting the circumstance make it funny at most of the time. And then sometimes it's just pure shtick, but other than that, you know, but like for me, I just approach it as, you know, real yeah it has to be in truth right or it won't land yeah, that's yeah. that's the god zone no one's laughing if it doesn't feel authentic right? i i know kate and i have talked about this before but comedy is so hard when i get to do a drama i am so relieved yeah. it's, yeah, it's that's, that's so easy comedies, dramas are so easy in a different way but comedy is so hard and and i have expressed this but it's like i get really angry when somebody which happens often will see something that i do and is like oh she's just a fozzy bear clown or whatever i was like i have worked out every single bit in my home for hours to make it look like we just came up with that and i know that i know that these ladies do too i know that we all do and so i get so angry and they're like oh she's just over the top and big i'm like well that was my choice right <laughs> yeah you should have seen the 30 other ones that i didn't choose yes yes you have to make a choice in comedy. You cannot go up there and be waka waka because then it's it, it's not funny. No, it's right. not funny. So I get right. so angry when, especially people in our business, when they're so close minded, they're like, oh, they could never do that. I'm like, I wish you could see how hard we work at home to make that choice. And if you want something different, then you need to tell us. But to assume that comedy is simple because you're inherently funny is not true. I know a lot of people that are really funny that are awful on stage at comedy, yes. <laughs> but they're great funny in real life. It's a totally yeah. different set. It's like, it, it really, we work really hard. <laughs> it's so and comedy is music. Comedy is a musical skill. It's you timing. You hear the comedy and there's yeah. a lot of different styles of it. You know, there's every style, mm-hmm. just like there's a lot of genres of music. There's a lot of genres of comedy but they are all musical. And if you can't mm-hmm. hear it, if you don't hear the rhythm and the lift and the fall and the flow, and the, then you will ru- it will get ruined. And sometimes that has to be in the writing for sure. Like some of the writing has to support that as well. And, and that's why comedians work so closely with their writers because if my voice of, if my like hearing of the music of the comedy is different than what they were hearing when they wrote it, we're, we're never gonna find, we have to work together to find it. But if you, Comedy doesn't just happen. It isn't just shtick. It literally has to be, to use the most obvious one, like but up, but up, but up, change, but up, but up, but up, change, but up, but up. If you can't find that, it will fail. And so there's a science to it, and a, and a, that's what Leslie's saying is like there's a there's a practice and a rhythm that you have to walk this beautiful fine line with because if you go too far, then you're then you're just shticking. And if you don't go far enough, then you're not leaning into the music of it, and people won't people won't be. You have to lead them to the laugh. And that takes, that takes finesse. It takes practice and it takes a lot of work. And it is, it's devastating when people are like, oh, it's just a comedy. And you're like, you should come, let me hear you be funny. Let's see you be funny on command. Yeah. 
you have to dissect it all. You're absolutely mm -hmm. right. You have while to you're singing, be funny. Stop. Like, well, <laughs> can I? I'm being very specific with you, Kate. I every single time I saw the commercial of the for Mean Girls with the oh. singing at the same time. I'm so glad you brought up the musicality of that because I the cadence of that and the way that you pulled that off is next level hilarious to me. And every time that commercial came on the screen, do you guys know which one I'm talking about? I pissed my pants. How did you find that? I that well, we I mean, commercial you haven't seen it. The good news is that I had the I mean. I was handed writing by Tina Fey and you're like, cool, don't do anything. It's perfect already. Just don't do anything and get in the right. way. It's flawless. Um, but again, that was all, it's all the setup, right? That's why like the comedian is just the, the punch, but you need the other comedians there to set you up. Like if I hadn't had the two other women to set up the rhythm, then mine wouldn't have, wouldn't have landed. It, it's, it's, there's so much community in comedy and we had such a good community in that company. And in those, those, you know, me and Ashley and Taylor and Erica too. And, you know, once she sort of took over for in the story and Tina, like you, you have to have a company of people to be able to make that work. And I just get the fun of it because I get the punch. Like I got all the fun. Sure, they yeah. had to do all the work and I got to do all the punchlines, which is lucky. And that was, I mean, it was, it was actually music, which helps because you know, like that. I, I went to college for music. That's like I paid a lot of money to have a music degree, and rarely do I use that. But I do get to use it in the comedy part, which is lovely. Kate, I have known you. I have I have known you for. Oh, sorry. I, I was going to compliment Kate because I had known you for a while, and then I went and saw Mean Girls, and I remember sitting there like, like gobsmacked, being like, "How, how is this happening?" There, it was genius. I just thought what you every choice was genius. Just don't, my secret is if it's not glued to the set, I will take it. <laughs> and that's my comedy. If you don't want me to touch something, glue it to the ground. Otherwise I will pick it up and walk away with it. And that is my comedy. That includes cast members. <laughs> right. Sometimes. Cord, <laughs> yes. Trombones. Absolutely. Um, Careful if it has wheels, I might push it off. <laughs> and that's what I'm looking for, frankly. What what about the relationship between finding a bit, finding a moment, and your audience reaction? During a long run, uh, when you've got material you've got to deliver over and over again, how much does the audience's reaction dictate how you will approach a bit or change it? I can't really. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... As much, yeah. I, I literally like, I always like talking about comedy, like Kate said, music, I kind of look at it like science. And once I find that rhythm, I'm, it's frozen. My show is frozen. I will yeah. do the same thing because I know that that's what works. Obviously you have to change it if you've got somebody different opposite you and you change it, you know, a little bit, but for the most part, you really, you really can't because audiences are so weird. Some may not be laughing, but they're still enjoying it. I don't know. It's, 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 it. it's, it's not that it's not fun. Cause you guys know, I mean, when people aren't laughing, you're like, Ugh. But you still do the same thing, I think. I, don't know. I learned but a really you, valuable lesson when I did Bring It On because it was the first long stint. You know, we did Bring It On so many times and so many iterations. And the tour, which we did for nine months, went directly into the Broadway, which we did for six. And that was the first time I had ever done anything consistently in, the, in, in comedy. And I learned the hard way because I did absolutely get wrapped up in my bits and get wrapped up in my moments. 
And I would notice that the more I elaborated on it, the less laughter I got. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, 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 wow. What, what's happening here? Like, why is this? And so I would drop back and I would be like, okay, stop doing everything. Just go back to what the text is. And immediately the laugh would come. And it's like, that, that lesson was so important for me to learn is that like, you cannot embellish. And Casey Nicola, God love him, who's like a master of musical comedy. He says, make things deeper, never make them wider. Because Ooh. as soon as you start stretching as an actor, like the bit, the comp, the, like going for the laugh, inevitably the audience can see through you. They're, they're smarter than that. And if you start to widen it, you ruin the rhythm and you look fake. So you just try to make it deeper, which keeps the timing, it keeps the pacing, it keeps all of the honesty. It's and truthful. just maybe informs right. it. And that is how you evolve in the long run is it's just about making sure that all of that, it stays simple and it stays clean. You can inform it with more if you want, but you can't mess with the rhythm or, or people know and it ruins, it ruins the whole thing. I feel like I've heard so many times in the wings, actors coming off and be like, yes, I got that laugh tonight. Yes, I got him this time. Yeah, this is it. Because there's, because there's such a dopamine rush with that, right? It so, is. It's, it's like doing drugs. I think it is. Um, <laughs> I think it's a, a real mental focus thing to go, okay, I need to stay where I am rather than, okay, that was good. Maybe putting a hat on top of that will be even funnier. And I know I've made my mistakes in that department a lot. Um, well, that's another thing. They don't tell you that comedy involves restraint. <laughs> they don't tell you that to be the dum-dum, you have to like be really strict. Like you think that you can like flail and flail and the larger you flail, the funnier it'll be. And you're like, mm-mm. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about, I'm going to go to Lisa on this. In, let's take Les Mis, for example. Yeah, I know you've seen RDA'd in, in, at the Muni, et cetera. When you're dealing with a piece where there's not a lot of comedy going on in the rest of the, uh, rest of the world that we've created, and you are coming in with that much-needed relief for the audience, uh, is that a pressure? Does that kind of affect the way you approach the material with, with that in mind? For me, no, because it's just who that character is. It's how it's written. And again, it's truth and timing. Like basically this whole conversation is boiled down to that. And so it, it's in the material and, and trusting it. Because their audiences, especially in a show like that, they're waiting for it. They're like, oh, oh <laughs> you know, thank God. <laughs> Something <laughs> funny, you know, yeah. like, so honestly, you don't even have to work that hard. Right. Yeah. Just finding the truth of that and what makes them funny. What, what is that? And, and like, timing, you know, like whatever those bits or beats are, you, you know, but I, I obviously if, if it's a well-written show and it's, the one comic relief from which you don't have to do very much at all. Just deliver it as yeah. you go back to the page. Yeah. What of your, in, in your comic performances, what is your proudest moment that you found in a character that was very funny in your mind? Um, well, I don't know if it was necessarily the funniest, but what I loved doing yeah. the most was Spelling Bee because it changed every night. 
I got yeah, yeah, to yeah. make stuff up about the people on stage. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, you know, like, yeah. so, and then sometimes if you couldn't specifically think of something for that, you know, person, I had like a laundry list of stuff I could use. And sometimes we would sit and, you know, I'd be, the lights would be down and I'd see, and I'd think of a joke and I'd write it down and then they'd get up and it would totally bomb. And then I'd just be like this. Okay. <laughs> it just wouldn't land at all, you know, but you're like, well, I try. We'll try this everybody again on tomorrow. the bench. Any of everybody on the bench is going, because nobody <laughs> laughed, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm Jay Reese, who played our principal panch. Um, I, I remember because he would write them too, you know, like as we would sit and try to think of stuff to say about the spellers and, and, um, like he'll give me a he'll slide me a joke and I'll read it and I was like no no I'm not saying that and he's like, just say it I'm like it's not funny just say the lie and then I said it and it bombed I was like see <laughs> you know like this is all like on stage while the show is going on but I you know that. it was fantastic you know getting to be up there and and do that and play with the spellers in that way um and the things that were the funniest were things that because we had to pretend that they were kids you know right. these adult guest spellers and the things that were the funniest were you know ones that were rooted in some kind of kid truth you know, because um, if they were just too off the wall or too, I don't know, it was a very specific thing that 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 made them laugh because we needed to, we needed the audience to believe that they were also kids in the spelling bee. So anyways, I, I think that was the greatest of that, you know, genre uh, time, improv and whatever. What about you, Leslie? Uh... I, mean, I agree. Not, maybe not necessarily the funniest in your mind, but what are you most proud of? Oh, well, it was actually in 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 Dames on Broadway because it happened by accident. Um, I sing this ridiculous, like, uh, I'm on top of a mountain and I'm in this bonnet and, and Mona is supposed to, Randy had built, or, or the great Anna Luisa's had designed this set with the mountain had a slide on it and the original idea randy said was that i was going to sing and then go wee and then slide down the bottom of the slide and then awkwardly get up and i was like oh oh no so in tech i shot myself down that slide landed on my butt and then bounced off stage and it i i remember being like that was a good choice i'm gonna be in pain a but this was a great choice because it was so unexpected and randy i remember randy and randy skinner is the sweetest man ever but he doesn't guffaw laugh no he guffawed and i was so <laughs> proud that i made this man and he was like can you keep it and i said oh, i can't i'm it's can, can it's i okay yeah he's well, like you don't, i want you to get hurt and i was like no i got a lot of butt padding so <laughs> you gotta weigh some things out there eight times a week like right, i'm willing to give this one for that moment i love that i'm uh, now i'm mad i, I i'm mad i didn't see that because that sounds like <laughs> I, I want to think it's, it's always that it's always that stuff though that happens by accident that that you know it's a weird spur of the moment thing those are the what I'm most proud of is I'm like I don't know why in that moment I was like oh no we're gonna hurl ourselves off the mountain but it is that stuff that just <laughs> Listen, and that's have, the 
You had a mountain off which to hurl. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? To what do? are you supposed to do? Kate? Gosh, I don't, I, I'm having a hard time coming up with anything for this because I'm like, what was the thing that I felt like, I mean, if I were, if I were to choose for Mean Girls, which is like probably the easiest to like come back to, I think, I guess, you know what? This is so dumb. And I, I can't believe I'm going to admit that this is the thing I'm most proud of maybe in, in Mean Girls. But we did, we have this big number in the first act called Apex Predator. And Apex Predator is all about Regina and like the, the position she holds in the, you know, the, the food chain, so to speak. And in the movie, in this, what the moment that we were sort of referencing in the movie was when they all turn into animals in the cafeteria and they all like go after each other, which we didn't do. We, you know, we, we didn't, we didn't go that route, but we did sort of reference the animals in the behavior and we were in the mall and we all had to do like animal stuff. And I will be really very honest I was very lost I was like I don't know what to do with this I, I don't know like how to it was a long period of time where we weren't singing and so but like there was very important storytelling happening dead center but we were all there and like kind of just milling around and I one day in tech I was just I think I like spirits were low everybody was tired and so I was milling around as a bird like as like a, you know, penguin type, long-legged, awkward bird in the like offstage left, like barely on stage. Cause I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. And I, I thought it would be entertaining for the people on stage left to like birds do run myself into a glass. It was like a popcorn machine or pretzel cart. And so I did it just, it truly just for them. And it, it cackled everybody on stage so much that I was like, well, I'm gonna keep doing this. Going, yeah. I, I wonder how many days I'm gonna get away with this before Casey goes, hey, idiot, you're <laughs> you're taking away from the plot, cut it out. Like it made a sound, but we're in the dark. I'm like, maybe nobody can hear. We made it all the way to opening night. And, and it stayed in the show. It was in the show until I left. And I, at opening night, I was like, I cannot believe this is in the musical. I can't believe I'm running into the furniture. Casey comes up to me and goes, I have been waiting since the first day you did that, tell you that that is the stupidest thing I have ever seen. And it made me laugh so hard. And I was like, Casey, I have been waiting since the day that I did that for you to tell me to stop running into the set. <laughs> but it stayed. And I think because like it made people so oh, happy when, you know, people are tired and people are hurting and like doing a long run is hard. And so anytime you can bring joy to the people that are doing the thing and lift that spirit like that's just as valuable to me as as bringing the joy to the audience and so I think I guess that is my favorite and like I there were times I got a big old ding because I <laughs> ran into the wrong part because I was excited that day and I hit the corner and I got a big old goose egg on my head and I mean I broke it once because I hit the glass and the glass wasn't glass it was plastic and it cracked and I mean all kinds of stupid shit but it was, it was just, it was intended just to make people happy. And it was enough that it made it into the musical. So <laughs> I think that's, I think that's the one. <laughs> this this is not on my list of questions, but judging from the reactions everyone's having to this, have we all had a, oh great, I, I did this, now I've hurt myself. <laughs> In the name oh. of the moment on stage. Oh, <laughs> Every day, I'm still doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it right now, yeah. I think I think it's part of the sacrifice of comedy. If you really want to be a comedian, you have to be willing to take on some personal injury. 
Yeah. I was really glad in Escape to Margaritaville when my Pratt fall carrying the wedding dress got cut. I was like, oh, thank God, <laughs> my knee hurts. <laughs> but I was willing. I was darn willing to do it. But I was really glad when it got cut. <laughs> Why did they cut it? Well, they probably wanted to save me. <laughs> well, that's nice. That's. I, I have a nice pain addendum to my slide story. Here in Bucks County, they were unable to get the slide, and it's a staircase, and I'm still hurling myself down a staircase, and the backs of my legs are covered in bruises. <laughs> Stop it. Do you know what that shows? Indomitable spirit. Covered. That's called, that's called commitment to a bit. She's like, yeah. I need a slide. That is <laughs> I'll take some 90 degree angles all the way down. All the way down. Um, it makes it feel longer, doesn't it? I bet. Um, <laughs> what is, what is the, uh, the funniest thing that you've had to go through with an acting partner, a scene partner that you've had to make your way through without completely breaking? I'm terrible. Where did we get? This is Leslie. I, I, I laugh all the time on stage. I am terrible if something sets me off i scream laugh it's all so it's all the time it's all I, I love other comedians so much that i'm often like anytime i'm opposite somebody it happens all the time all the time <laughs> i have one go? in this in this show that i'm doing now um i work opposite of hunter foster and we play clark and ellen griswold and there I, I like how do i tell the story without giving away too much but like there's a scene, um, there's a an, a an intimacy scene between he and I that it's a comedy, goes awry. And there's an exchange of dialogue that has to go back and forth very, very quickly. And we're still, you know, we're still workshopping the script, but every time we've done a run, some like it's it's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of there's a lot of sexy. I put that in, in air quotes for this podcast a sexy happening and I have yet to make it through this scene watching him do this do his like sexy-ness um without cracking not once I have not done it once and I I would like to tell you that by opening here we will get through that and I I can't <laughs> promise that actually because he is so it is so funny and I mean Hunter I, it, his comedy is so it's so spectacularly genuine it's just so honest that it is very it it takes me back like I am I am unprepared for it every single time it's also constantly different he's like a very uh he's a very quick thinking comedian and so the bits come out and they're they they just take a turn of their own and I I feel that it is my job to let him and to mm. see how far he will go. And then inevitably he keeps going and then inevitably I fall apart. And then we have to, we have to get the scene back somehow. Do you just kind of hold out and be like, you got, are you done yet, sir? Oh yeah. yes. Oh, I get frequent notes to like pick up the tempo of things just because I'm sitting there waiting to see what he'll do. And inevitably he won't stop. Like he'll just keep going. <laughs> and I really think that once the audiences get here, we're gonna realize that it's honestly better if we just let him go. Whatever I have to say can wait. We can just wait and let him do it. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, is there anything, and I feel like maybe I'll know 
your thoughts on this, but what is there anything specific in bringing something very funny to life in song versus in scene work or dialogue or monologue? This is Leslie. For me, it's really difficult is... and because you have to be able, and I, I struggle with this all the time, but it's like you have to still be able to sing and still make the faces or do the things that you want to do with your body that isn't always conducive to singing. So for me, it's really, it's difficult, but that's why you have to work it all out first. Otherwise you won't be able to hit those notes. And, it's, I, and it, it takes me, it takes me a long time personally, but like it takes me a while. I, but I the, feel like it's the same process though. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, it, it's the same. I, I feel like it's the same process. Yeah. Uh, Leslie, I will say, I I work on the, the dance competition circuit, and we get to see a fair amount of louds <laughs> performed. And I forgive dancers all over the country, but if, every time you come on, I glaze over because I think that is just audibly one of the funniest things I've ever heard. It is so <laughs> big in just listening to it. It makes me very, very, oh, very okay. Happy. It's the hardest thing I've ever sung hardest song and that and after that four minute dance number that has everything in it except killer bees it then to have to sing that was the hardest thing I've, i think i will ever have to do in my life well you did it and I, I appreciate it to this day um going to you ladies personally what what makes you laugh what's what what in life do you find funny my career no <laughs> 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 well thank god because it's laugh or cry you know we're gonna laugh or cry what tickles what tickles you nothing i think sincerity like true i mean and that's I, that's like not any different than what we were saying before like watching somebody be like shamelessly sincere is hysterical because i feel like we we as we as a society we as people we put on so much you know like there's so much like this is the this is my brand and this is the version of me I want to put out in the world and this is my this is like who I want people to see me as and all of and it, and I don't think that's a bad thing like I don't I don't mean that in a negative way but I think like when you watch somebody drop that for a second and something happens that is like just genuine it can be both like heartbreakingly beautiful but it can also be like earth-shatteringly funny and I I think that that like that sort of just genuine like genuine action is almost always what, when it takes me about, you know, when it surprises me, like that is what, that's what makes me laugh. And the guard is down. Yeah. And, and also funny animal videos, like on Instagram and stuff. Forget <laughs> it. What, I mean, what, what, what are these cats even doing? <laughs> when they knock shit off the table? What are they doing? <laughs> what are they looking at? <laughs> Why are the birds dancing that way to that hip hop song? And, and, and the dog, the howling dogs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, where the people play the chords underneath them. To yeah. The pitches. I love it. <laughs> oh. What makes you laugh, Leslie? Uh, I mean, so much, but I, uh, Muppets, Muppets. The Muppets to this day have the best timing of any, I, I literally, I think I've learned all of my timing from the Muppets like as a kid and that, that so as an adult it still makes me scream laugh sesame street and the muppets like if you watch it as an adult it's hysterical there it's yeah. it's really smart and funny so that makes me laugh and animals animal videos mm -hmm. yes of course oh. yes 
Yeah. Um, what's the funniest, funniest uh, musical out there? Cats. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed. I cried. I cried. It was better than kids. <laughs> for all for all the reasons they never wanted. I mean, I I love Book of Mormon. It just it's mm -hmm. so wrong, and it makes me just laugh so fast. Drowsy chaperone is also so drowsy chaperone. I'll never get over that stupid stick bit. That is. The dumbest thing I've ever seen on stage, and it is my one of my favorite things I've ever seen on stage. The dropping of the cane. Over While you can. <laughs> so dumb, so perfect. That's hilarious. What's, what do you think is the funniest one? I have an answer. No, I, I love can't. them. I love them all equally. I <laughs> um, I we're gonna I'm gonna geek out on you now, Lisa. Just for everyone who's listening, that if you have not done yourself the favor of going to watch uh, Jenny's Blues from It Should Have Been You. Go do yourself a favor and 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 see a star turn that we've, so not to be believed. I, I, I gush over you now and forever, Miss Lisa Howard. <laughs> um, my friends, thank you so much for talking to us today and guiding us through this comedy jungle cruise. Um, I feel satisfied <laughs> and more alive than I felt in a very, very long time. I'm going to take this with me onto my hip surgery bed. In a <laughs> I'll be giggling as I count backwards from 10. I... Oh, God. Good, um, good I think. <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. It's going to be great. It's gonna, I'm going to have the whole world on a plate. <laughs> um, I, also, if any of you guys have any sort of fabulous costumey sort of cane that I could borrow, I'm looking for something that either conceals a sword or has some sort of orb or an owl on top. I would yes. really be interested in yes. that. Yes. Or, or a bird. Or a bird. Or Paul. And you know what? There it is. That's You brought it all back full circle. That's comedy bringing it back <laughs> to the birds well my friends we've got to fly so i'm going to say thank you so much my friends and uh i love you more than uh my lunch i can't wait to see you soon bye bye, bye. hope your drink doesn't fall in the river oh my god paul <laughs> oh justice for paul <laughs> oh guys that was terrific thank you so much so fun that was, fun. Uh, was absolutely delightful what that's going to be a hell of a listen that was so good for the soul. After is the best medicine, don't you think? I want to say thank you so much to Leslie and Kate and Lisa for being here with us on the Broadway cast. Remember to subscribe to the show, rate us, review us, tell all your friends about us, make sure the whole world is listening. Uh, you can also support us on Patreon. Become a Patreon supporter, join our family, and get exclusive behind-the-scenes contents only for you, our Patreon family. All right. Until next time, this is me, your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron, saying have a great show. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. 
We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.